Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark this morning, Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, and um, I'm going to begin in verse 22 in just a moment, but just by way of introduction for you, um, one, it's been a while since we've been together, but it's also been a while since we've been in the book of Mark. We've not been over there in a little bit. Um, I don't know if you recall, but when I first became your pastor and began preaching here on a regular basis, I began in Mark chapter 1. That was where I picked up. And uh, through the, now I guess we're going on uh, two years or two years and two and a half years now, over that time I have dipped back into the book of Mark from time to time uh, to try to go through this verse by verse. And uh, we have made our way to chapter 8 and verse 22 is where we pick up. Um, Up to this point, Jesus has come into the earth, come into the world, He's called people to follow him. He's even sent them on a mission as they follow him. But starting in chapter 8 towards the end is where we're picking up, going all the way to chapter 10, at the end of chapter 10, there's an emphasis that the the writer here has on what it looks like, what it means, what the costs that are involved are of following after Jesus. When we say we follow Jesus... I think sometimes we, right, we wrongly, excuse me, get the impression that it's all sunshine and roses. The fact of the matter is, following Jesus is explicitly a very expensive, a very costly proposition. There's a lot that is involved with that, and Jesus, in these next chap- couple of chapters, actually unveils these. It's also not, I don't believe by mistake, that this section begins as we're going to see in just a moment, with a blind man receiving his sight and ends with a blind man receiving his sight. You'll see that this this section that we're going to preach over the next uh, few weeks, it's bookmarked by two blind men receiving their sight. The fact is that we are, we are if, if we are to be a follower of Jesus, we need him to give us sight to see where to go. We need him to show us how to get there. And that's what I think there's, a, there's an emphasis there. But I want to just begin by looking at chapter 8, verse 22, and we'll go down to verse 26, just that little passage there. And I want to ask the question as we read this, what does it even mean to follow Jesus? Let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll look at this together. Father, I want to ask for your help this morning as I preach your word to your people. I don't believe they've come to hear my opinions. I don't believe they've come to hear my eloquence if there ever is any of that lord i do believe they have come to hear a word from you and i pray that you will use me as you see fit to share that word with your people encourage them convict them correct them however you see fit lord and help us to be humble enough to hear you and obey you we ask this in jesus name amen what does it even mean to follow jesus I think it means, for one, that we follow him even when there seems to be better offers on the table. 
I want you to see this beginning in verse 22 of Mark chapter 8. Jesus is, he says there, and he, speaking of Jesus, cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. Here's this blind man who's coming into town, and he is there in town, and these, these, these people are trying to get Jesus to come see him, but this man is in town for one reason. He's not in town to see Jesus, I can tell you that. He's in town because that's where the people are. That's where the money is. He's in town because that's what a blind man would have done at this time, was been begging from people, give me some money, I need some money, I need, some, I need something. He, he certainly probably looked pitiful. He definitely, if he didn't look pitiful, he definitely had a pitiful story. He definitely was saying, please help me. He's in town because that's where his money is. That's what his job is to do. But look in verse 23. After Jesus is introduced to this man, what does he do? Verse 23, he, Jesus, takes the man, he took the man by the hand and led him out of town. He led him out of town. Why is the man in town? He's in town because he's got money to get. He's got bills to pay. He's got food to buy. He's got stuff to do. But what does Jesus do? He is taking him away from his source of income. Now, if you know this story, I'll just go ahead and tell you. There's not many verses. If you want to look ahead, you could see this. Uh, Jesus takes his blindness away. He takes away the cause of him having to sit there and beg for things. But here's a man that is willing to follow after Jesus even though the world's goods are on offer. Sometimes it's going to mean that we're going to have to turn our backs on the things of the world, including some things that we find to be valuable, including some things that we find to be essential to our lives. We have to turn our backs on them, and this is what this man does. You know what following Jesus looks like? It also means following him even, you, even though you don't know where he's going. Don't, don't, don't miss the fact that this man is blind. I mean, he doesn't see anything. He can't see where Jesus is going. He is, I, I'm not seeing any objections in this passage, but I can tell you if Matthew Tilly were standing there and Jesus grabbed me by the hand and I'm blind and he starts leading me somewhere, I'm like, where are you going, man? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? I don't know what his objections were, but he is blindly following, literally blindly following the Lord Jesus. By the way, Jesus didn't normally do this. This was not normally what Jesus would do. In all of the miracles that are in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, there's only one other time. It's just over in chapter 7. You can see it where he gets a deaf man, gives deaf man uh, uh, the ability to hear. In chapter 7, I think it's in verse 33, where he takes that deaf man and pulls him out of the crowd and pulls him off to the side. So Jesus didn't normally do this. But this blind man, despite the fact this was not normally what would be expected, despite the fact that he didn't know where Jesus was going, he put his trust in the guidance of Jesus without any insight into where he was going. And this is what we have to do. If we want to follow Jesus, sometimes he's not going to be clear where he's going. We're just going to have to follow him, blindly follow him. That's what we're going to have to do. Following Jesus sometimes means following him even when you can't fully understand what he's doing. Look at what Jesus actually does to this blind man in verse 23. After he lays him out of town, it says, and when he had spit on his eye, and his hands of, and put his hands upon him. Then he asked him if he saw if he saw aught. The, did you see what Jesus just did? I mean, I can see you, and if you put spit in my eye, I'm going to say, "What in the world are you doing? You can't. I couldn't see you if I'm blind, and you're putting spit on my eyes. 
I'm definitely saying, I, I can't even imagine, I mean, just think about the sensation of that, what that might feel like. It's got to feel weird, gross, terrible, disconcerting. There's got to be something going on here. I can only imagine if he didn't say it out loud, he thought it in his mind, what is this man doing to me? I'm going to tell you right now that following Jesus means sometimes enduring suffering, enduring fighting with your own flesh, and generally not being at, wor at home in this world. It's going to feel a little odd. If you haven't lately asked the Lord, Lord, what in the world are you doing right now? You're not paying attention or else you're not following Jesus. I'll just tell you that right now. If you're not asking him that question, because sometimes following him means we're going to follow him even though we don't know, understand completely what he's doing. Following Jesus sometimes even means following him even when what he's doing doesn't seem to be working. Look at what happens to this man. Jesus, after he does this, he touches him and he spits on his eye. He says in verse, in the last part of verse 23, he says, he asked him if he saw aught. Essentially saying, can you see? Are you able to see is what he's asking him. But look at what verse 24. And he looked up, this is the blind man, and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, y'all can read that any way you want to, but I don't think he can see very good. I, I mean, what, what, what he's saying is, I, I see some fellows that looks like they might be people, but they look like trees walking around. Uh, the, the answer to Jesus' question is, no, I don't see like I'm supposed to see. I, I don't. Uh, apparently, this man, because he could figure out that these were figures, he probably figured that they were people, suggests that he probably, at some point in his life, probably did have sight. So as an adult, or maybe even a child, he might have seen as he should and then something might have happened disease or something else could have taken his blindness so he had a sort of a mental image of what this should be and as he looks he says these are people but they look like trees walking around now look in verse 25 it, jesus hears that and he says after that he put his hands again again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly so Jesus touches him again, and he completes this miracle. He finishes it for him. But what I want you to see in this is that sometimes following after Jesus means we need to follow him even though we are weak, even though we are failing in everything, and definitely failing the Lord, even though we are frail, and even though we seem like nothing, we can do nothing correctly. We need to follow him in spite of that. We also need to follow him even when we don't know why he's telling us what he's telling us. I want you to see what happens in this next part of this. After the man sees clearly, uh, just think for a minute before we read that verse, where would your mind be? I mean, Brother Bruce got a good report on his lungs. And I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I asked him just to make sure, is it okay if I tell the church? And I, I, I couldn't imagine him saying, no, no, I don't want to tell anybody about that. I just did it out of a courtesy to make sure in case there was something he wanted to be cautious about. But I can't imagine. You, you want to tell people about good news like that, don't you? You want to share that. You want to shout it from the rooftop. So here's a man who's blind. He can now see, not just see like uh, they look like people maybe. No, I can see clearly. It's what he says there in, in verse, 20, uh, verse 25. But what does Jesus say in verse 26? And he sent him away to his house saying, Neither go into town, nor tell it to any in the town. He says, I want you to go home, 
and don't tell anybody about what you just happened to you. And, and definitely don't even go into town. I know that's where you normally go because that's where you go on that street corner to go ask for money. Don't go there again. Don't go back there again. Don't do that again. Don't tell anybody else about this. Now, the fact of the matter is, no one really knows exactly why Jesus told this man this. Anybody that wants to tell you they know exactly why, I think they're making stuff up. There is, the, there is a theme in the, the book of Mark, this idea of a messianic secret. Some scholars seem to think that it was simply the fact that Jesus wasn't ready to be kind of uh, be made aware, made the whole world aware of him just yet because he knew that the minute that would happen, that he would be taken to the cross, which ultimately did happen whenever everybody kind of got wind of what was going on. So that makes sense. But I don't know if that's 100% what was going on here. The fact is, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. If I were the blind man, I'd want to be telling everybody. And why I'm telling you that is because sometimes it means obeying what God tells you, even though you don't fully understand. And can I go one step further? And y'all might think this is sacrilegious, but I don't believe it is. I think we need to get to this point. We're going to obey God even if we don't 100% agree. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you're going to read the scripture and you're going to say, man, I wouldn't have done it like that. But you need to re be reminded you're not God. Even though you don't completely agree, you're going to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you even though I don't understand it as I should. You know what we have been doing, we, we, what Jesus has done for us? He has called us to follow him, to trust him, and to obey him. Despite our lack of insight, despite our lack of information, despite our lack of vision, despite our lack of knowledge, despite our feelings, I will tell you the one thing that I've struggled with the most over the last really six to eight weeks, the most thing I've mostly struggled with is that my feelings don't match up with what I know to be true. My feelings feel off. I want to feel what I'm supposed to feel. And the fact is, I cannot go on my feelings, because if I go on my feelings, I will be wrecked. But instead, I have to go on the truth of Jesus. He's told me to do it. He said to go do this. I obey no matter what my heart says. I obey no matter what my feelings say. He says we must trust him. We are called by him to trust him. So why in the world should we trust him? I'm going to spend just a moment before I close to give you Three ideas about why, three points from this passage about why we should and can and must trust our Savior. The first one is, he's going to meet you right where you are. He's going, he's not, he's going to meet you right where you are. Now, look here, this blind man, he's in verse, 20, verse 23, we're, we're kind of introduced to him. I don't know that he was looking for Jesus. I mean, there's nothing about that verse that says he's looking around for Jesus. In fact, I know he knows he needs something, but I think he thinks the best he could ever hope for is a good tip for somebody to put in his little cup so that he could go home and maybe buy some bread or something that he needed to, to take care of himself. That's probably what he was hoping for. But what happens is in verse 23, there's some people that are with Jesus and says, Jesus, there's this fellow over here that you need to meet. And then here's this man, this blind man, he is in this mass of humanity. When, this town, when he's talking about a town there, this would have been where everybody would have gathered together, which is, by the way, as I mentioned, that's why he's there, because there's all kinds of people there. But he's blind, and if you know anything about how our senses work, if you shut off one sense, all of your other senses be, become that much more in tune. And so he's got all this sound around him just everywhere. 
And what Jesus does is he leads him by the hand out of that marketplace, arguably the marketplace of sin, the marketplace of degradation, and he takes him to a place of healing. He takes him out of town and he takes him somewhere that he can get what he actually needs, not dollar in his cup, but his, his sight back. That's what he gives to him. And I want you to know that Jesus came looking for you. He came looking for you. And you may not, when he found you, you may not even have known you needed anything. Or what you thought you needed, it certainly wasn't a savior. You thought you needed something else. And your, your version of a savior had nothing to do with a, a God-man dying on a cross and bleeding. Your version of a savior was somebody who might fix a problem for you or solve this financial need for you. But you see, Here's a man who was blind. He couldn't see. And you know what, he, what that man, all that man could do? Is he could feel and he could hear. And you know what Jesus does for him? He gives him something he can feel. Remember that spit on the eye? I don't think that that, that would even be necessary for a sighted person. I mean, by that I mean you don't have to feel something. You could see it. But this man needed some physical thing to feel and jesus what jesus does is he allows us to experience him to be come in contact with him in a way that meets our faith where it is now what that means for some of y'all that are, that are believe in jesus christ so some of y'all that means that you um you met him through a friend some of y'all that means there was circumstances of life that came together that showed you you needed this jesus that we're talking about it might have been sitting in a ser service just like this one and hearing a sermon. It might have been a pain, a disease, or something in your life that brought you to that point. It might have been at home. It might have been at church. It might have been out in nature. It might have been, as it was for me, as a small child, hearing your father preach a sermon. It might have been, as, a, as some of you that have been saved at later stages of life, the reason I'm telling you that is because God works in all of those circumstances. He meets you where you are, and he leads you where you need to go. He is lovingly, patiently meeting you where you are and calling to you. He will not force any of us. Because he is that kind of God, because he is that kind of God, he is worthy of our trust. Even though we don't understand what is going on, he is a God that's going to meet us where we are, and we can just say, you know what, Lord? Whatever you want to do, I'm just going to follow you because he will meet us where we are. The interesting thing about this story, it's one of the very few miracles that work this way where it's multiple stages, where stage one, it sort of gets him halfway there and stage two, it gets him all the way there. That first healing in verse 24 doesn't seem to take. He sees these men walking like trees. I don't believe, I will never believe that the reason for this is because there's some lack in the healer. I don't think that's the reason. I don't think Jesus just didn't have enough miracle juice that day. I don't think that's the way that worked. In fact, it's very likely, I don't understand completely, but it's very likely that God had a purpose in doing it this way. But either way, I want you to notice one thing about Jesus. He's not perturbed. You know, I get, I get perturbed when things like this happen. I followed the instructions and did it like I was supposed to, and it didn't work. Man, what's wrong with you? And I'm hitting stuff and yelling at, you know, that's, that's how I tend to do. But Jesus, when he's like, he says, can you see like you're supposed to? 
basically the man says, no, nah, can't really. It's not right. What does Jesus do? Verse 25, after he put his hand again upon his eyes and made him look up. Best as I can tell from those verses, what Jesus does is he patiently just touches him again. And I believe Jesus would have done that all day if he needed to do it. Because you know what Jesus is doing? He's not going to quit until it's complete. Jesus is still, as that song, he's still working on me. You know that song? He's still working on me. And we can, as the, the writer of Philippians says, we can be confident of this very thing, that he which begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even when it seems like it's not working, even when you can't feel it, even when you keep failing, even when that sin keeps besetting you, even when you just don't get it, go back for his touch again and again and again. He's not going to be upset about that. He's just going to touch you again, touch you again, touch you again. His work is perfect, and it will perfect you. It will. There will come a day, Romans 8, 29 tells me, that I will be conformed to his image. I will be. It will happen. It's not today. It might not be tomorrow, but it'll happen because I just keep going to him. I can trust him because he's not going to quit until it's done. You have to trust him. You must trust him. In this last part of this where Jesus says, don't tell anybody, we don't understand, but I want you to know the reason you can trust him is because he always knows best. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12 says that right now we see through a glass darkly. It's kind of like looking through, just sort of like a, you ever seen those mirrored, mirrored uh, glass windows in some buildings? And you look inside, and all you see is yourself back coming at you. That's kind of what it looks like looking at God's will sometimes. Like, I just can't see what's going on in there. Sometimes God's words are cryptic. Can we admit that? He tells us to love our neighbors. How can we love that person? And y'all know that one I'm talking about. How do we love them? How are we supposed to walk in the Spirit all the time? Don't you understand the things coming at me? How am I supposed to walk in the Spirit all the time? How, I know the Bible says His grace is sufficient, but is it really sufficient for this problem? Some, sometimes we just wonder, why doesn't He just fix it? Why doesn't He just save that person I've been praying for? Why doesn't He just heal that illness? Why doesn't He just pay that bill? Why doesn't He make the path plain for me? But even though we don't know, we don't understand, we can't see things clearly. I want you to be assured of this very fact. God is always good. God is always right. And God is always for you. He is not out to hurt you. He is out because he wants to love you. He has shown that by shedding his own blood on the cross. He is, wants the best for you. We can, as the psalmist says, as for God, we can know that his way is perfect. We know that his way is perfect. He is worthy of your full trust and faith. So, what are we going to do about all that? Well, I will speak on behalf of McConnell Road Baptist Church. What we're going to do our best to do, and I hope each individual person that's listening to me will do the best you can to take this to heart. We're going to trust our God for our eternal souls. We're going to trust our God for our continued sanctification. We're not perfect, but he's going to get us there. 
we're going to trust our God for the peace that we need. Some of us are troubled in our souls, and we're going to trust our God to give us that peace in our hearts. We're going to trust our God to give us the hope that we need. We need hope in this country. I don't know if y'all are watching or paying attention to anything, but man, hope is on short supply anymore. For right, for right, wrong, indifferent, whatever the reasons are, it is on a short supply. We're going to trust, as McConnell Road Baptist Church, we're going to trust our God to give our country hope, ourselves hope. We're going to trust our God to give healing to our land. There's a bunch of talk about having faith and not being full of fear, and I think that's the right approach. But I can only speak for myself when I say, I don't have enough faith, but I'm going to trust my God. To give me the faith that I lack. I'm going to trust my God to answer the prayers that we've been offering up. And I know from this pulpit, myself and others have offered up prayers on behalf of this church. We've been on calls, and I know that there are people on the live stream, people that sit in this building. We are offering up prayers. I know that they're going up, and we're going to trust our God to answer those prayers. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.